Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for, with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, a man who sprinkles metal shavings on his breakfast cereal just for fun, Jason Silverman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I'm thrilled to share some time with you today. Guys, what a beautiful day we're having here in New Jersey. The sun's shining, the birds are, well, actually the birds are all in Florida right now, uh, but everybody's getting ready to enjoy a fabulous Thanksgiving Day holiday. As many of you know, uh, Dr. Robin, my bride and business partner, is an unbelievable cook, and I mean that, that's an unbelievably great, not unbelievably yuck. Um, she always goes all out for Turkey Day, and this year is absolutely no exception. My kids are over the moon excited for the turkey, the sweet potatoes with marshmallows, for the cranberry zinger, which is my personal favorite, and for all the other fixings. Personally, I can be caught leaving and re-entering my house over and over and over again just to get that first small Thanksgiving. Mmm, absolutely love it. In any case, when I looked at my calendar this morning, I was super excited that I get the opportunity to share some, some time with somebody that I feel is refreshingly fabulous. She's a real deal on so many levels, and as you'll immediately see once this conversation gets rolling, you're going to dig her. In my search to continually bring both interesting as well as super beneficial guests, today's show is right on par. I want to introduce my listeners to somebody who plays the game full out and quite honestly has no problem living up to her ass-kicking reputation. Now, for the folks who I work with in any of my coaching programs, my mastermind groups, or through Powerful Words character development, all-star cheer sites, or dance sites done right, you know how much I focus on getting out of our own damn ways and just getting it done. This show is going to help you to do just that. So, today it's going to be my honor and privilege to share an amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. She's professional, she's funny, she's smart. And she's not afraid to drop the occasional F-bomb. So uh, strap yourself in. Today's show is sure to be a wild ride. As I'm sure you already know, I'm committed to helping business owners to become more successful, enjoy your careers more, and in general, make your life significantly more fun. So with that in mind, all right, boys and girls, now is the time. Stop surfing Facebook, put away your phone, your tablet, or anything else you might be playing with that might distract you, with, might distract you from today's show. You're about to get some great and immediately implementable information, and I don't want you to miss even one second. So, before we officially get going, a little bit of background about our guest today. Andrea Owen is an author, coach mentor, and life coach who helps women get what they truly want by manifesting self-love and helping them step into their authentic self. She's helped hundreds of people manage their inner critic to break through and live their most kick-ass life. I love that. She's a proud mother, proud mother. She's a proud author of 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life, BS-Free Wisdom to Ignite Your Inner Badass and Live the Life You Deserve, uh, published by Adams Media. Andrea is a certified professional coactive coach from the Coaches Training Institute. She holds a Bachelor of Science from California State University in Kinesiology, specializing in health science, as well as a personal training certification from the American Council on Exercise since 2005. 
She was selected by the kinesiology faculty for outstanding achievement uh, in her degree program in 2009. She's also worked for the American Council on Exercise on the corporate level. She's also co-founder of the Self-Love Revolution. Got to find out more about that. She's facilitated many workshops for girls hosted by Dove's Campaign for Real Beauty and is an active member of the Actionist Community led by Jessica Weiner, a special aggregate of women whose efforts inspire and empower women and girls to live confidently and change the world around them. When she's not juggling her full coaching practice, Andrea is busy playing roller derby under the name Veronica Vane, competing in triathlons, chasing her six-year-old son and four-year-old daughter, or making out with her husband, Jason. Andrea, welcome to The Real Deal. I'm thrilled to have you here today. Thank you. What an awesome introduction. I feel like you were trying to convince your listeners to go on a blind date with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought when I was listening to it. I'm like, wow, wow. <laughs> I, I don't know how your husband would feel about that, but hey, you know whatever works. <laughs> yeah, but I'm also married to a Jason, so... <laughs> so you'll definitely remember my name? That's perfect. Yes, of course, always. I love it. All right, well... Thank you for being here. Again, I, I, I really appreciate your time. So before we get started, for those who haven't yet had the opportunity and pleasure of meeting you or hearing you speak, take a second, if you would, share your story with our listeners. You know, what are you passionate about? What makes you tick? I guess, who is Andrea Owen? Oh, I have many, many things, uh, which you just introduced me <laughs> to, but <laughs> if, I, if I had to you know, narrow it down to one story as to what brought me here to what I do for a living and here on this podcast with you. And it, I had a life changing experience about seven or eight years ago. I, I was in, I was married before I had a, I had a first husband and we were together all in all for 13 years. And about two years into our marriage, he had an affair with our neighbor and got her pregnant. And this was right when we were talking about conceiving our first child and um, <clears throat> needless to say, I was I was pretty devastated, and, and it wasn't like, oh crap, that happened. I really want you to forgive me, and let's try to get back together, which I I might have, I might have tried to, to work it out with him, but it was like, I'm not in love with you anymore. I want to divorce. It was very shocking, and got the rug pulled out from under me, and I was forced. I was 30 at the time. I was forced to be on my own for the very first time. Was, I was single for the first time, and, and really forced to look at my life choices and what I had created in my life, what I had tolerated, what I, I had to take responsibility for my life for the first time, unfortunately. <laughs> Hate <laughs> when that I happens. I not point the finger anymore at everyone else. Like I had, I had committed to this. And, and so uh, it was really what ignited my self-growth journey. And, and for, for the longest time, I had looked to others to validate me, to love me, to create my happiness and fulfillment. And for the first time, I was like, oh, you mean I'm in charge of that? So I know it sounds really simple, but I, I didn't know. I, I grew up and I had a really charmed, idyllic childhood. And my parents were wonderful and very blessed and grateful for that. And But I was never taught how to love myself. I was never taught how to fully accept who I was and live authentically as a human being and as a woman. And... I, I was I was I kind of cannonballed into my life at that time when I turned thirty. So that's what brought me to my self growth journey. It's what brought me to um, to do the work that I do in the world, and it's what brought me to write the book. So that is that's my that's my two minute story. Wow, wow, wow! And that wow. is everyone's reaction. <laughs> you know, 
said, wow, I just was interviewed this morning and it was the same thing. Well, you know what though? What what really what really strikes me is your your willingness to to share and, and be honest about that. And obviously, you know, we all we all go through some crap in our life. So it's really how you deal with it. And first of all, thank you for sharing because I guarantee you there's a listener out there who needed to hear exactly what you just said. Yeah. So I, I actually believe so too. And I think that that's why I share I'm very open about my struggles and, and what I have been through. And, and that's one of the chapters in my book is pain. You know, wisdom is, is, is from healed pain. And that's really what I, I had a choice. And I saw that right in front of me, like, okay, I can stay here and be bitter and angry and resentful and just bitchy, or I can choose to learn from it and, and move into a direction that I want to. That's not to say it wasn't hard to get over it. It really, really was, and it's still a work in progress sometimes. It still comes around to bite me in the butt, but it's, it really was a choice. Got it. Got it. Understood. Well, let, let's dive in because I, I think that you've got some phenomenal information and some stuff that's going to help a whole bunch of people. So, you know, you mentioned in your bio that for years you lived your life according to what or who could make you happy. Um, do me a favor. Share with us what made you become a people pleaser and, more importantly, what made you stop? Well, I think that what happened was, and this is by no means to blame and shame my parents. They, they did an amazing job of raising me. But in hindsight, what happened was is that I, again, I was, I was never taught to, to create my own happiness and, and to love myself and have self-confidence and, and healthy self-esteem. I didn't know what it looked like. So when I grew up and got into adult relationships and even friendships, I looked to everyone else to love me. And that's how I was fulfilled. And I think that uh, that's really what stems the people pleasing. And it's like, okay, so you want me to do this. So this is what's going to make you like me. Okay, I'll do that. Oh, you don't want me to be too loud and, and I'm being too loud. Okay, then I will stop. So it was this hustle constantly. To, and it was like this dancing hustle, you know, puppeteer. <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm like dancing and puppeteering over here on this side. <laughs> So that's what I did for years and years, and it was exhausting. It was so exhausting, and I, I think that, that that's really what stemmed, stemmed it. You know, they don't teach us that in high school, to how to, to really rely on ourselves. And, and uh, what really made me stop was, again, it was so tiring. <laughs> But uh, growing up and, and having that experience of, of basically being dumped for another woman and, 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 and having it be an opportunity to grow, I just for the first time really, I, I was tired of living that way. And I knew that something had to stop. And I knew that it was attributing to a lot of my destructive behaviors, like an eating disorder. Um, I was also a love addict. Like looking back at my pattern of relationships, that was that was definitely something that was wrong. And 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 so that's really what what made me stop. Lots of therapy too. I'm not going to say that I didn't. You know, I, I went through a lot of therapy, and it was it was practice, is what it was, Jason. Like that's what this you know in business and in life, it is about practice. It's about experimenting. And I started writing, I started blogging back in 2007, and I was afraid, you know, I, I would be like, oh my God, I'm going to hit publish, and I said a bad word, and I talked about, you know, how hard my life was, and it was practicing. It was really practicing stopping. Hmm. 
That's a, that's a really interesting way to put it. Um, I really like that. You know, in, in, in marketing, I talk about everything is simply just a, your most recent test. Yeah. You know, how are, how are we testing this out? What's, you know, and there's no failure. There's only feedback, right? So, okay, we got this feedback. Well, that was positive or negative? And right. what, what's the next step? And it sounds like you're, you're, you're right there. So let, let's, let's keep going because this is, this is really interesting to me. Um, you know, for, for our listeners, the struggle of confidence, uh, and I think, I think everybody does at some level. We mm-hmm. really, really do. Um, mm-hmm. Especially entrepreneurs, you know, we all, we all tend to live on an island. Yeah. And, you know, every now and then you get what I call the, uh, <laughs> the D-A-U-E, which uh, dumbass Uncle Eddie at a, uh, at a picnic somewhere decides to say, well, I think you should get a real job. Yeah. Um, versus what you're doing. So, let, let's talk about that for a sec. How long after you decided to live you know, more authentically did it take for you to start standing up for yourself and speaking about what you, know, you personally believed in? It was, it was really, this might sound really, really woo-woo, but I felt like I had this, this fire inside of me of things that I wanted to say and things that I truly believed in that I, you know, where I disagreed with people. And it, it really was... You know, to, to put a quantifiable time on it, it it's, it's sort of hard to say, but I would say within that first year is when I just tried. And it and it wasn't like one day I woke up one morning and was just like, I'm going to do this and, and it's going to look like this and it's going to be easy. It was like, close your eyes and just blurt something out and see what happens <laughs> and be scared the whole time. That's what it looked like. But, um, but yeah, it really, it really was just kind of, like I said, like sitting on your hands and, and blurting, blurting things out. And like you said, just, there's no failure, just feedback. Absolutely. Well, obviously you're doing an awful lot of self-talk at that point. What, mm-hmm. what kind of things were you saying to yourself to live authentically? And I think this is, you know, folks, this is, this is going to be a writer downer here because, you know, we all sit there and we all have a mental um, dialogue going on. It's, is it positive? Is it negative? And how is it going to impact you? So, you know, what kind of things were you saying? You know what? The biggest thing that helped me was, and I don't remember, I wish that I could credit the person that came up with this. I don't know if it was Martha Becker, who it was that coined the rule of thirds. And this is for business and life. So there's going to be a third of the people of the population who don't like you, who disagree with you, who don't like what you have to say. There's going to be a third of the people who are completely indifferent, who have either never heard of you or they just really can take you or leave you. And then there's going to be a third of the people who love you, who think that you are a rock star, who think you're amazing, who just want to digest and process everything that you have to say. So once I heard that, I was like, I am trying to please... The first two thirds, <laughs> it was like I was trying to convince all those people that I was great, and that was not building confidence. That was just building insanity. So really, just just re- I have to still remind myself of that all the time. You know, I just I just wrote a book, and there's Amazon reviews. You know, there's going to be some that are less than favorable. Like those are the things that can <laughs> that can just destroy some people. So I remind myself of the rule of thirds. The people, that one third of people that that truly love you and and think that you're amazing, those are the people you need to keep talking to. And those are the people that you need to surround yourself with. There's a whole chapter in the book about it, and I call it Create a Tribe of Badasses. And and these are the people that you will automatically sort of magnetize uh, to get closer to you. Concentrate on those people. 
those are the people that are going to help you build your confidence and help you instill it in yourself. Mm. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. Well, you know what? On, on the same level, um, one of the other things that I found with any of the folks in my coaching programs or mastermind groups, they're their worst critic. They beat the hell out of themselves on a regular basis, uh, most of the time unnecessarily and unfairly. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I, I am a big, big, big fan of um, giving myself a beating when necessary. Uh, and it's, it's usually necessary. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, obviously the that inner critic is something that we all deal with. So I, I know I've heard you speak on this uh, in the past, and I've read some of your blog posts regarding this. What would you say are your favorite techniques that you use to manage your own inner critic? Uh, or, the, or, you know, even one of the ones, some of the ones that you share with your clients? I think, and I, yes, it's very, very true that it's, it's universal, and I always like to preface anything I say about this, is that managing your inner critic is just that. It's managing it. It's not about, it's not like getting an apodectomy where we can remove it and it's gone forever. So um, one of my colleagues, Kate Courageous, she says, our inner critics, or I forget what she exactly says, but it's something like, it's, it's an inner voice that just has really bad communication skills. Like it's trying to tell you something, <laughs> really bad communication skills. But uh, I, one of my favorite um, tools that I like to use is, is not to stop, because that's what I hear all the time. Like, I just want to make this voice shut up. I want to make it go away. Okay, settle down, and <laughs> let's just reframe the conversation. And again, this is practice, practice, practice. So what I, and some people have a hard time pinpointing their inner critic, and usually because it's become so natural to them, like the constant beating of yourself up in your head, they don't know. So I ask people to look for triggers. For women, a lot of times that's when you step out of the shower in the morning and you look in the mirror and it's winter and your skin is white and you're naked, what is the conversation that goes through your mind? Or if you just lost your mind with your kids, which we all have, and have just like had a really not so proud parenting moment, <laughs> A couple minutes later, what are you saying to yourself about how you're a parent? Or if you just made a business mistake, or if you, you know, like, the, so triggers, like obvious triggers, that's where you can sort of start to pinpoint the language. What I like to do is instead of, and, and you know, get literal with it, what just happened? Did you say to yourself, I'm a stupid effing idiot? Did you say, I'm the worst parent in the world? Um, I have the, the grossest cellulite. I, I never want anyone to see me naked. So if that's, and these are like true statements. Like I know nobody's like, I would never, you know, there are people out there that that's your normal conversation. So instead of that, what if you could just shift it to, you know what? I am not having a beauty queen day. I am, I would probably just win runner up today. Or, um, one of my favorites too is, well, that just happened. <laughs> you know, instead of making it mean something, what if the statement just occurred and then you walk away from it? Because a lot of times we beat ourselves up for beating ourselves up. I call mm. that the ultimate ass kicker. But anyway, going back to the reframe, I, I'm, I'm not a huge believer in affirmations. I, I just don't, I, I think we're too smart for them. I think that our brains are just like, yeah, right. You know, like saying, instead of, I wouldn't ask a woman to step out of the shower who's been beating herself up for 20, 30 years to all of a sudden start saying, I am a sexy lady. You know, it just, it, it's hard. So just shift it a little bit. How can you tweak it to make yourself feel a little bit better? That's the bottom line. Hmm. You know, 
something just hit me as you said that, um, and it's. I remember owning a martial arts school years and years ago, uh, before this whole huge entrepreneurial explosion happened for us. Um, and I remember coming home one day and saying to my wife at dinner, "Oh my gosh, everybody hates me." Uh-huh. Everybody hates me. I'd gotten three phone calls from clients, like right after another, one after another, complaining, bitching, and moaning about something. And so everybody. It was everybody, and <laughs> it was interesting because you know, again, as a success coach herself, she she said to me, "All right, so, Mr. Finance Math Guy, um, how many how many current members do we have? Uh, Two hundred eighty-five. <laughs> okay, I want you to divide that by three, or better yet, turn it around, divide three by two eighty-five, and tell me what percentage of people hate us." Oh, uh-huh. and you know, it's interesting because I, I spoke with a coaching client yesterday who's having that similar experience. You know, it starts to get cold out and people get shorter and, you know, nastier and, yeah. um, and he was having a really rough day and he's like, oh, you know, so many people are like, I feel like my whole, all my clientele just hate me. And I was like, you know, I want you to stop for a second and just say, maybe you could frame that a little bit more positively into... Gosh, um, 98.5% of our clients love us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, because it's never, it's never as bad as we think. It's probably never as good as we think. Right. Well, and you're also spending all that energy focusing on your quote-unquote everybody where you could be trying to clean up what, what you need to own and what you need to fix, <laughs> you know, if anything at all, like those three people. You know, but instead we're like, well, just, you know, clean up your mess and then move on. And a lot of times it's never as bad as we think it is. You know, we make up stories and that's what our inner critic loves to do. That's what they're experts at is making up BS stories about what's really going on, especially from somebody else, from your everybody. You know, somebody might be having just a bad day and left you a a message that you don't like. And we're making up that it's catastrophic. Well, of course, and it's never our fault. So um, one, one of the other interesting components of this that, you know, I, I love that you just said, sometimes you just got to own it. Mm-hmm. You really do. Like and, mm-hmm. and sometimes we F up, right? I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's, that's life. And I, I think, you know, part of being a grown-up, and I, I only realized this after I had kids and mm-hmm. could actually say things that my parents said to me, um, when, <laughs> you know, like, listen, the, the best part of making a mess is cleaning it up. And gosh, you know, that rings true so much. You know, if you got to own it, you got to own it. But maybe those three phone calls to those clients aren't going to be pleasant and really, really fun. But it's going to tell you, again, it's going to give you more feedback. You're going to know. You're going to learn something. You might not like what you learned, but you now have the opportunity to fix it. So, so thank you for actually bringing that up. I think that's, that's important. Now, I've heard, I've heard you talk a lot about self-love. Um, what does that look like? You know, really, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a real deal kind of guy. So from a practical perspective, what can somebody do today to increase, you know, their own self-love and what does that really mean? That's such a great question because when I, you know, when I was going through my really, really hard time several years ago and I, I went to see a counselor, I had, I had gone back to school then to finish my bachelor's degree and there was this, this school counselor and this beautiful Indian woman and she's sitting at her desk and she's 
telling me all these things and all these these really this great wisdom and she was like Oprah to me I, I just thought she was amazing and I'm taking notes because at that time I was such in a metaphorical coma that I knew I wouldn't remember anything she said and when I got home and I'm looking over it there was like three different times she said about she talked about self-love and I had no idea what she was talking about it was like I don't even know what that looks like so through the years I've come I, there are a lot of different ways that it can manifest in your life and what it looks like but one of the biggest one I see, especially for women, I should say, just especially for women, <clears throat> is self-forgiveness. I think that a lot of people carry around stuff that they did a long time ago, and or even recently, and they, they beat themselves up about it. And this goes back to the inner critic that we were just talking about. So I find it interesting and really fascinating that we are we're quick to forgive you know, a family member, or if our child has done something, you know, thing we're supposed to do, we'll, we'll, we'll forgive them. But we will carry around baggage that we have done, and and it'll keep coming up, and and we'll we'll keep beating ourselves up for it, and and um, it's shame, really, is is what it what it looks like. And so that's one of the things is self forgiveness, and sometimes we need to forgive ourselves on a on a daily basis, and I think it looks like really living your own true like what are your values what are your personal values as a human being what are your values as a parent as a business owner as a husband or wife and and honoring those and really setting boundaries is a huge <laughs> part of self-love and um so actually let me let me interrupt for a second take mm-hmm. take take a minute on setting boundaries because I guarantee you there's somebody listening to this podcast right now that needs to hear you talk more about that it might just be me. I think, yeah, is like the most uncomfortable thing. I'm not going to lie and pretend that it's not. I am actually, I have a client that I started working with about a month ago, and this is one of the things that she brought that she wanted to start doing. So a lot of times it's, it, it's, it's hard to do on your own. So my point is being that if you need to have someone, if you need to hire a therapist or a coach or even enlist a best friend, who is going to help you and hold you accountable for this, I think it's a really, really good idea. That being said, um, do you want me just like to give an example of what it might look like? For That'd someone? be great. Okay. So I see this, this is, it's just, it's so common. So if you're listening to this and this is you, you're, you're not alone. It's about, I'll give you an example. I think family boundaries are the hardest, <laughs> especially around the holidays. Oh my gosh. You know, we have to be around people that, that we, did, we might not like or that make us uncomfortable or that we just don't have anything in common with. And I think that it's really about, first you need to like tell yourself, like what is it actually that you will and will not tolerate? And, and I think that if it's someone in your life, and a lot of people don't want to hear this, if it's someone in your life who absolutely refuses to change, there comes a time where you have the choice to just not spend time with them at all anymore. Love it. It's just it's a fact. And it's and it sucks, especially when it's family. But it's I, I know several people, my husband included, who's had to do this to people. But it changes it can change your life. It can absolutely change your life. Because always ask yourself, what's the alternative? If if that person is just not gonna change and it continues to make you or someone else unhappy and uncomfortable, yeah, I can talk to you about like we'll change your perspective and change how you receive it. But sometimes it's just it's not enough. I, that's my opinion, but I just think sometimes it's not enough. I've always said, you know, if you can't change your people, change your people. 
So <laughs> I've never heard that before. I like that. <laughs> uh, a, a speaker I used to listen to, a guy named Omar Perio, uh, used to say that in every presentation, and it, it, it changed the way I lived my life. So, yes, uh, feel free to steal. Um, that. Uh, <laughs> so let me let me get to um, let me get to some more practical stuff, and then and then I, I, I got to pick your brain about this book. So. Um, what do you feel have been the top three changes that, that you've made in your own life that have been probably the most key factors to your success and fulfillment? Top three. I think definitely, you know, we talked about the inner critic changing the conversation in my mind. And not just, you know, to tack on to that, like, you know, one and a half. It's not just the conversation I have in my mind, but it's the conversation I have with other people. And, you know, I can only speak from a woman's perspective because it was my experience, but not only how I talk to myself, but how I talk to my friends. You know, no, we don't collude anymore about how awful our lives are or how fat our thighs are and things like that. Like that conversation has changed as well. We're, we're not always talk. I mean, we have complaints and we all do, but it's, it's shifted a lot. Um, I think that knowing and living and honoring my own values has been a really big part of, of the shift in my life instead of honoring somebody else's values, which is, which is what I used to do, which was really uncomfortable. And then the third one would, would be, you know, again, we were talking about in, in self-love and self-acceptance and, and, and figuring out what that looks like to me. I don't expect your life to look like mine and be loud and outspoken, but however, you, if you're an introvert and you're a very shy person, then that's who you are and you accept and love yourself that way and you're not trying to change for someone else or for our culture or whatever it might be. That's fair. Thanks. That's very, very fair. I like that. All right. Let's, um, let's do this. I, I got to hear about this book. Um, you know, I was watching the ramp up to this book on Facebook. Um, I was watching some, some of the terror. I was watching some, <laughs> a whole lot of the excitement. And again, I can say this because I lived through my wife's book launch. I know um, you have, yeah. And, you know, I, you've got my, undying support and respect and um, as does your husband um, you know tell me about the book um, obviously I can kind of guess where the idea came from but I want to hear you know straight straight from from the boss you know what's it all about and, and why do you think that people absolutely positively need to read this I think that, and, and yes, by the way, it, it has been quite a ride. And I, I think writing a book in general, but if anyone goes the traditional publishing route, it's, wow, it, it will make your head spin for sure. And, and, you know, it's like hurry up and wait and then head spin and all that good stuff. <laughs> but I, I wanted it to be a book. When I decided almost two years ago that I was going to actually do it, I wanted it to be something that was, that you could pick up and just open any chapter and start reading. A lot of self-help is, which I love. I love self-help books. I have a whole library of them, but a lot of them are heavy and like, I can only digest and process a couple chapters at a time. And, um, I, and I didn't want it to be like that. I didn't want it to be heavy or ha having to read from beginning to end. So, and, and some people think this is funny. I really wanted it to be that book that you leave in your bathroom. So like when you're there resting, like you pick it up and you <laughs> read and you learn something. Like, that was what I aspired my book to be. 
<laughs> Aim high. But yeah, but I, I wanted it to be straight shooting wisdom, and and I that was really what helped me in, in my life. Were the people that that gave it to me straight, and and really told me the truth of what was going on. And didn't sugarcoat, and there's so much of that in our culture. I didn't I didn't want to write, and, and plus I can't. So it just it's really straight shooting wisdom. It's everything that I learned over the course of my own self growth self growth journey. And, um, a lot, I talk a lot about fear and how to get past fear. I'm not really sure if I loathe the word fearless. It's like one of my least favorite words because I don't think any of us are, but it's about, you know, looking fear in the face and just going swimming through it anyway. And, um, it's about body image. It's about, you know, creating people that surround you and lift you up. It's about, um, your inner critic. I talk a lot about that. It's about going after your big goals and what that's going to look like and, and it's just all 52 different things, 52 different topics. And they're, they're short essays. They're not even really called chapters. I guess they're called essays. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. Well, again, tell, tell me the name. It's a mouthful. It is 52 ways to live a kick-ass life, BS free wisdom to ignite your inner badass and live the life you deserve. Awesome. And obviously they can, they can find this already on Amazon. It's out on Amazon right now. It will be in bookstores uh, December 18th, although someone told me they were in a Barnes & Noble and saw it. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> isn't, isn't, isn't publishing fun? Publishing is funny, I, and, I, and I say that sarcastically, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I remember reading your Facebook post about apparently um, people have already received my book. And I got theirs before I did. Yeah. That's fun. It happens. Uh, yeah, it's just, and it's good, you know, if, if, you know, this is for anyone who's thinking about writing a book and going to traditional publishing. If your publisher ships to Amazon early, that's actually good because that'll count towards your pre-sales. I didn't know that. And mm -hmm. so it's actually a good thing, but yes, it's on Amazon. Or if you go to my website, it's, um, your kickass life forward slash 52 ways, giving away a bunch of stuff and go there and look. Okay, and I'll actually put that into the show notes on on the blog so that everyone's got that. Um, at this point, it's time for our resource of the week. And now here's your real deal resource of the week. You know, we've we've already started down this road, but tell me, where would you? Where can I send people to learn more about you to discover some of the many ways that you're out there helping people on a regular basis? It's, uh, well, I'm easy to find at yourkickasslife.com and the Facebook page is the same, Facebook forward slash yourkickasslife. Kickasslife.com. Where are we going to find when we get there? A whole lot of badassery. <laughs> 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 I have, um, I have a podcast and a blog and, um, there's free stuff on there and it's, it's my, I love my website. It's not, it's not scary or intimidating. You can find what you're looking for. <laughs> That's, that's I'm helpful. really selling it, aren't I, Jason? <laughs> you are knocking it out of the park. <laughs> I really like my website. It's not scary. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't it's say that because I was on a website this morning and it was just like the the homepage. All I wanted to find was a phone number, and I was so overwhelmed. So, moral of the story: don't have a giant navigation drop-down menu. Oh, just too many you know, options. You know what, as you know, we, two, two of the firms I'm a principal in, um, allstarcheersites.com and dancesitesdoneright.com, we, um, we created our, our products primarily because the only other options out there were just so horrible that um, 
it was like a no-brainer. And when we started providing solutions, everyone was like, oh, so it doesn't have to be horrible? No. No, it doesn't. So, so, so thank you for that. All right. I have, a, I have one question that I like to ask every single guest, and I'm really curious to hear your answer. So if you could give business owners just one solid piece of advice to either help their business or, you know, just as importantly, help them to live a better life, what would that piece of advice be? I have to say, take action. Hmm. Because I have, you know, I help brand new coaches and that's one of the biggest things that I see that they, they don't do. They get so caught up in how it's going to look that they don't implement. And it's really like we were talking about at the, the beginning of the podcast. It's about experimenting and every failure is going to be feedback. And like, that's a chapter in my book. Fail more often. <laughs> you have to take action. If you launch a class and no one signs up for it, Good, then you can figure out why, so you do better the next time. People are afraid, they're afraid. And and really, it's about, like John Wayne says, feel that fear and saddle up anyway. Just just take action. Absolutely, I, I love that. You know, it's interesting you said that yeah, many of the folks I deal with are terrified to sell anything. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't open this business to sell stuff. Well, okay, uh, understanding that, you know, if, if you and that's a that's not called a business. That's called a hobby. Yeah, it's nothing <laughs> happens before something's sold. But you know, one of the first sales trainers I ever had had always said to me is like, you know, be thankful for every time somebody says no because you're one step closer to somebody saying yes. So he's like, you know, it's just a math equation. You know, it takes ninety four no's to get to a yes. So you're only at five. Keep calling. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so take action. That's. <laughs> wise words. So Andrea, thank you so, so very much for, for, for jumping in and joining us today. I, I know how busy your schedule is, especially with the book launch and kids and the life and, and all that other exciting stuff. So I really appreciate you taking the time to share some wisdom with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I really enjoyed our conversation. You're the real deal, Silverman. <laughs> Gosh, thanks. <laughs> great tips. And, and as always, great to catch up with you. Well, that is all the time we've got today, folks. Thanks for tuning into The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more information about private coaching or to see if you'd benefit from one of my mastermind groups, please visit www.jasonmsilverman.com or email me at jason at jasonmsilverman.com. And I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you truly deserve. Until next time, let me leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. Set a goal, make a plan, work like hell towards it, and achieve the success you truly deserve. Now's the time. Get out there and make it happen. Go get them, folks. This has been Jason Silverman, and I hope you have a spectacular week. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com.